What is up, bros, and welcome to the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies, but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life. Uh, this week on the podcast, we got bunch of stuff to... Th- well, okay, Let, let's let's face it. The uh, headliner is... Is, is the big one here. That's the big one here. Like, news is kind of, like, pushed to the side with this one, let's face it. Um, yeah. But anyway, we got we got to talk about that first. Um, so when it comes to uh, Funko Focus, uh, both Caleb and I have picked out a certain uh, Funko... Is it Funcon? Is that what they're calling it? I have no idea what they wanted us to call this, because it's just, like, it looks like Funcon, but I'm like, it's Funko, but so is it, like, Funcone? <laughs> Funcone, Funcone summer. Yeah, I think it's just. I don't know. I think they should have just stuck with like FunkoCon. They should have. Yeah, they really should have. But anyway, we both have a uh, certain pop to talk about when it comes to that. And then uh, with 4K Spotlight, um, we have a, a new Saw movie coming out, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, and then with Through the Wall, uh, well. Yeah, through the wall. Um, we're gonna be talking about the new, uh, Nickelodeon Smash Brothers. I don't want to say rip off. It is a rip but... off. Okay, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. You know what was funny is you could have said that about TMNT Smash Up, but technically you kind of couldn't, considering that was made by the exact same people that did Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> I mean, you can rip yourself off, I guess. Yeah, tr- tr- true. Um, but shit, what what was it called again? Nickelodeon what? Uh, All Star Brawl. Of course, they had to put Brawl in the name, of course. So yeah, we'll be talking about the trailer for Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, and then we'll be jumping into our All Bros headliner of the evening, which will be finally, finally, our breakdown of Black Widow. Hell's yes. Dude, it has been so long since we've done a Marvel movie. I know. Dude, you have no idea that... I mean, I'm sure you felt the same way watching it at home, but when that, uh, the classic, like, Marvel, like, uh, logo just started to flow through, it's been so long since I've I've had that huge of a smile on my face. It just felt so good to be back. Dude, no joke. <laughs> so technically, the last one we did was New Mutants, but I don't really consider that like Marvel. Yeah, like so, if we're talking MCU, wasn't it Spider-Man: Far From Home? Honestly, yeah. Yeah, shit. <laughs> that was Hot damn. The, yeah, <laughs> that was a way long time ago. Yeah, but. They're finally back, and we're back to break them down. So, all right, Caleb, what do you say we get started? I say let's do it. Every day, we're surrounded by media. Books, movies, art, music, games, apps, podcasts, etc., etc. With this constant bombardment, it's easy to miss great media gems in the chaos. But fret not, you've come to the right place, my friend. I'm Jason, and I love media. I invite you to check out the Mixed Media Forest podcast, the podcast where I trudge through the forests of media to find hidden gems for you, the listener. 
Every episode of Mixed Media Forest is chock full of fun, reviews, nostalgia, positivity, news, rants, stories, and recommendations about all things media. Again, that's the Mixed Media Forest podcast, created on Anchor Podcasting app and available everywhere fine podcasts can be found. Give it a listen. It's what all the cool kids are doing. All right, so first up with 4K Spotlight, Caleb, would you like to talk about your pop first? Yes, I would. Um, So I don't know exactly what this figure is. I've never seen a figure like this. So I'm I'm talking so this is the Funkcon diecast Captain America. And I have no idea what this what this is. Is that like a see Wait. It's like a see-through box. Where but it? it's also like what I'm thinking is it, it's filled with like a resin or something. I don't I mean, the box is cool as hell. Look at that. Yeah, it, so it's clear. And it, so, like, the Captain America is the basic one from, I want to say Civil War. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's the basic Civil War Captain America. He's on a stand, it looks like. But it looks like a normal Marvel box. Some people, like, some people... I'm looking at the comments right now. There's some people that are saying that it's a metal box. That's because, yes, one comment says, the way I see some collectors stack their pops on a shelf, I am picturing shelves falling if diecast becomes huge. Yeah, because diecast would be heavy as shit. shit. Yeah. And that's with, like, any material. Like, if they fill that with resin... Which I yeah. doubt it would be resin because it's like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> no, and so I mean, that's why I, I chose it because it's just it's more intrigued me than anything. No, that's fair. Like honestly, I mean I don't know. Is this only going to be exclusive to like the con or like I'll bet you money this is going to be exclusive to the Funko Shop. I will bet you money. I would which sucks because I actually want to see this one in person just to see how it looks. I do too. Like I want to know what like if it's a metal box, if like diecast what I'm also thinking it could be is maybe it's the figure itself, like maybe they just took the mold of Captain America and then made it metal. No, that could yeah, that could be it. It's just That'd like who freaking knows. Yeah, you dude, you got me. <laughs> you have got me. But the box is like super dope. Like if this is a, if this is metal, it's probably the box is probably glass, or is is made of like glass or like maybe an acrylic. And I'm thinking that maybe like the bottom box, like the bar- bottom part of the box where it has like the name and what the the character is like is at the bottom it says Captain America diecast collectible and like all the other different languages. I'm wondering if that's maybe the metal too. Yeah, I I mean I'm just wondering that uh 
Like, is this the only Marvel one that they have planned right now? There's or? no way in hell. I think they're waiting to see how well this one performs. Like, if it sells out, like, right away. And if it's a Funko Shop exclusive, you know damn well it's going to. No, that that is a very good point. That's yeah, so point. there's no way that they're that this is going to be the only one. Yeah. I hope... I want to see this in person. I, I'm really hoping it's like a Target or Walmart exclusive. Me too. Because, like, I'm not going to get it because a box would just kind of throw off my groove with my figures. <laughs> I just want to see it and, like, hold it and see how heavy it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're you're the exact same as me. Yeah, but that's why I chose that one. So it's just more of an intrigue than anything. And I mean, I feel yours is a lot cooler than mine. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I only chose mine just because I really like this character, even though she gets so much hate in the in the Star Wars universe. Um, but I chose the uh, what is it? They say Star Wars Across the Galaxy Ray. Um, and this is based off her, uh, Force Awakens outfit, and she's in kind of like a fight, not a fighting stance, but like, I guess like a fighting pose with her, uh, staff, with her holding her staff behind her back. Um, looks super cool. Um, will I get it? No, because, you know, I don't collect Funko Pops anymore, but it is still very, very cool. It is pretty cool. Like, it, very, um interesting figure like it, it it almost feels like it has some like motion to it because it it's yeah. like she's standing in the wind her hair is blowing off to one side and it's cool because you can see it like her hair really up close against her cheek on one side and then the other side it's like hanging off of her that, head that is very true and then same um, with the uh it's not really a skirt the, the dangly things off her, <laughs> of her shirt. Oh, I love it. Like, I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> Dude, I don't know either. Like, yeah, I feel that's just as good as what I would have ever come up with. Yeah, so. I'll admit, though, I'm kind of shocked that they didn't uh, make this one look how she does in The Rise of Skywalker with her uh, white costume. Because she does still have her staff in that movie. Yes, she has Luke's lightsaber the whole time, but they could have easily just put that on the belt and then just have her holding her staff. So I'm kind of shocked about that, that they're still doing Force Awakens Ray and not Rise of Skywalker Ray, but yeah, whatever. But super, super cool. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't know where this is going, so I'm sure by next week... Uh, they will have a list of where each uh, one is going to, or which one where it's being shared to. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we had like there was a bunch of other Funcon figures. There was some DC ones that came out. There's the two, like two Star Wars. There's one from the boys, Crash Bandicoot. Coot, Pokemon, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Alice in Wonderland. Uh, there's one for the Suicide Squad, one from Emperor's New Groove. Oh my gosh, we and... even got one from McDonald's. Yep. Other than that, oh, and then we got one Harry Potter. So, dude, I didn't realize the Alice in Wonderland ones are from that like crazy uh, 
um, was it a freaking dream that they, or was it the, was it, was it a story that they were telling with that, with the oyster and the oysters and shit? Yes. Okay, so that was a story. Okay. Yeah. I can't believe that they actually made that. That's super awesome. And I love the black light, uh, uh, white rabbit. <laughs> love that. Yeah, that one's pretty freaking awesome. Bet you money, I'm sure they're going to do a March Hare. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, sorry. Wow. <laughs> you uh, got anyway, distracted. <laughs> a little bit. Sorry. I mean, just, those Alice in Wonderlands are so cool. <laughs> um, so, moving on, uh, we have, um, uh, we have, uh, Oh my gosh, 4K Spotlight, which is uh, Spiral, uh, the newest uh, film in the Saw franchise, even though it's a spinoff. Um, so that is coming to uh, Blu-ray 4K, as well as getting a Best Buy exclusive steelbook. Um, so if you guys were able to check that in theaters or uh, streamed it on uh, VOD... Here's your chance to own it and add it to your Saw collection. Because what's interesting is they're also, that same day, they're releasing all of the uh, previous Saw movies just on Blu-ray, but they have like these really fancy... Caleb, have you seen... Have you looked at your collection on Voodoo recently? No, I've not. Okay, so the next time you go, uh, uh, like kind of scroll down to the bottom and you'll see... Uh, because actually, with all the Saw movies that you have on there, it's these brand new covers. Is they it changed really? them up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they changed it up. So it's not. Is it still the? Because the last time I saw them, it was like the white background with like a, a weird like symbol. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. So it's that. Oh, I oh, thought okay. it was like brand new. Okay. So then, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, they've so, yeah, been they've been on there the... for maybe about a month. Oh really? Oh. Well. They're finally doing Blu-ray releases of it. I'm kind of shocked that it's just Blu-ray releases, not 4K. Considering, I, as far as I know, minus Spiral, the only other Saw movie to come to 4K is Jigsaw. So, just yeah. really shocked by that, but whatever. Um, so yeah, so that is it for uh, 4K Spotlight. Uh, moving on to... Uh, this I almost said this week's sneak peeks. Wow, uh, through the wall, like we said, we got the first. Tra- I mean, I mean, I'm sure this is going to be <laughs> the only trailer for uh, Nickelodeon's. Oh shit! What is it? Something brawl. All Star Brawl. Nickelodeon's All Star Brawl. So if you ever wanted to put SpongeBob SquarePants against Invader Zim. Here's your chance. Honestly, I was more excited for for Zim. <laughs> that, no, that's fair. Like, but, dude, can you say Super Smash Bros. ripoff? Dude, all I know is they better uh, have Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner, and then this way <laughs> do the alternate version of the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour where they fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Jimmy Timmy Power Hour 4. 
That'd be freaking hilarious. That's um, like the day Nickelodeons run out of ideas, and they're just like, "We're already, we're our studio's ending. Let's just go all out. Let's make a to the death fight between Jimmy Neutron and Timmy Turner." <laughs> Dude, I don't know how I feel about this game. Like when I when I saw the trailer for it, it was it looked interesting. Yeah. But it, like all I could think was, this is just Smash Bros with Nick characters. No, that 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 really is. Um, I guess like you kind of just got to push that idea to like the back of your head, being like, okay, you know, maybe I can get behind this. You know, I I'm not against watching uh like the Ninja Turtle any four of the Ninja Turtles beating the shit out of Danny Phantom or um. Nigel from the Wild Thornberries. Yeah. Um, one thing that I really appreciated about this game is that their animation style all looked really similar. I do appreciate that too. Yeah, I think with um, what was that one game? The what was that one called where it was just like SpongeBob, Danny Phantom, Jimmy, and Timmy? Uh, Nicktoons Unite? Yeah. That one felt very off to me. It does, but I love that game so much. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad game, but it's just, like I said, it's just the animation styles were very different, or the models were very different. They and were. And I think seeing the 2D yeah. characters in 3D were, was really rough. What I found interesting is that I feel, for me, that Jimmy Neutron like w- looked the worst to me, yet he was the only character that was in three that had three D animation for his show. Yeah, and like Timmy looked like a freaking freak. <laughs> like it's I do freaking messed up that, that SpongeBob was the only one that looked normal. Like well, even Danny, Danny Phantom F- didn't look bad. Danny Phantom looked rough. <laughs> I I just love that they actually acknowledge the Jimmy Timmy power hour in that game at the beginning. I love that. That was really cool. But no, you got a good point. (laughs) Other than SpongeBob. Because, I mean, I'm sure they ripped the animation from him, like, straight from Battle for Bikini Bottom. So they could really do no wrong with that. Yeah. Just because he looked great in that game. Um, But yeah, the other three, a little tough. Yeah. So, like, I, I liked how it just, everyone seemed to translate to three dimensions pretty well even the 2d characters yeah like no kidding i'm like i'm actually like quite amazed of how well the uh 3d um models look in this game yeah they look really good and they all kind of seem like they're like really small and compact like invader zim he like they didn't go too far out there with with his design yeah so it's, no, it's just it, everything felt like uniform and that i loved that yeah the question so, is though would you ever actually play this i mean i would play it i would never buy it <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would probably buy if it was like in like the 20 dollar bin yeah, I would probably like buy it if it was like in the five dollar bin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck finding an Xbox One five dollar bin. If, when you find it, please tell me there's a PS4 one next to it. 
Yeah. Well, they they usually have like I know Target does. They have like a twenty and under. Uh, they have yeah, a, and I think they also have like a ten and under. Oh shit! Oh, I didn't know they had that. Yeah, but those are for games that like nobody wants. <laughs> oh, the oh the ten and under. Yeah, like Damn. anything ten and under, you're getting bottom of the barrel. <laughs> oh shit! Like honestly, if they still did movie licensed uh, games, that's where all of them would go within the next within a couple months. Unfortunately, yeah. but I think. I think those game those types of games could make a comeback. I would love that, honestly, so much. Yeah, it's just like if you like with um let's just say with Marvel, for instance. If you have a Marvel movie coming out, you know like years in advance. Like I'm pretty sure Marvel already has planned what they're doing through like 2027. I'd say 2030, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I like, I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I mean, so if Marvel's that far ahead, they know that there's going to be some games that they could release and maybe it's like just get those in in the running. Yeah. Like just get those worked on for, like in the in the background just like in secret and then when the, you release the movie, release the game. Yeah. Just like boom. <laughs> like I don't know. I, feel I, I would buy most, it. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel most studios, when it comes to that, are like more leaning towards, oh, we're just going to release it as a digital game, like on the app, uh, the app store or um, Microsoft store. Yeah. I don't know. It's an idea. <laughs> no, it's, uh, dude, like you said, I would love for that to happen because damn those video games from my childhood. Freaking Transformers, Monster House. Ugh. Childhood nostalgia. Yeah, I never played Monster House. Was that one any good? It was actually really good. I played um the PS2 version was really good. Um, I played the Game Boy Advance one, which was all right. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I felt it was hard to do movie games on the Game Boy Advance SP. But the PS2 version was really fun. That's good. Yeah, Game Boy Advance games like it was real hit and miss. Yeah. Like if, like you did, if you didn't specifically get like a Nintendo game, it yeah. you yeah you were like eh, maybe. <laughs> the only good one I remember was um, I can't remember if it was like the OG Spider Man or Spider Man Two, but the swinging in that actually was decent for a Game Boy Advance. It was fun. I remember that. Yeah, I I didn't play too many games. I think the the only movie game that I had for Game Boy was Brother Bear. They and that one was a pain that. in the ass. <laughs> you you know what? I could, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, that game freaking sucked. And it not necessarily well, it didn't suck. It was hard. Okay, yeah. That's fair. I I could definitely see that. You know, I've never seen that movie. Is that sad? What? Yeah, I've never seen Brother Bear. Dude. I know. That one, I mean, yeah. Whatever. I mean, it, do okay, so when I do watch it, because I do want to watch it, do I? should I watch the sequel as well, or should I just say one and done? I've never seen the sequel. Okay, so one and done it is. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. 
And it's on Disney Plus, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, I would say, oh, you know, every Disney movie's on Disney Plus, but actually, I'm very surprised of like ones that aren't on there. Yeah. Oh, what? Well, just while I'm thinking about it, um, I have a recommendation for a movie. Okay. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's called The Willoughbys. I thought I'm, it was going to be I'm like intrigued a by the name. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a stupid movie. Like I, I turned it on. Like I was looking for a movie to pl- to play um, while I was watching Iris because I usually just kind of like to have the background noise. Yeah, and like she gets distracted occasionally. We'll sit down and watch it or whatever. This movie was good. It was surprisingly good. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Yeah. It, uh. Will Forte was in it. Ooh. Um, who else? Martin Short. Martin Short is such an underrated actor, in my opinion. Dude, right? Um, oh shit, who else? Maya Rudolph. What uh, did a voice? It was so uh, good. <laughs> she has really grown with um voice acting and i'm actually very happy for her i think that's so awesome yeah so if if anyone's wanting like a a a really good animated film like it's almost to the point i'm if we don't if we can't come up with more movies to break down in august i'm thinking about throwing the willoughby's in there i'm absolutely down so yeah so i'm I'm just gonna make a note of that (laughs) all right (laughs) because it is it it is that good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like i, I enjoyed it. the ever-living hell out of it okay i like it um is it a netflix original film or was it just put on netflix uh it was a netflix original okay awesome cool. um very cool but yeah like i saw the trailer for it like on accident <laughs> and i was oh. just like oh that looks like a decent movie wonder, wonder when it comes out and it was and it was coming out it was like it was out. already out oh okay like, like hey. i think it's been out for a while oh shit so yeah i found this completely on accident and it is such a gem <laughs> okay so i'm excited to check it out yeah it's great anyway sorry um, complete sidetrack caleb i feel we should never apologize to the other about getting sidetracked you apologize to me all the time. Well, but yeah, but when it comes from you, like, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Are you apologizing because I'm apologizing? Yes, I am. Holy shit, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, before the S word slips from my mouth, it's kind of funny that whenever I, yeah, I don't refer to shit as the S word. It's the other word for me. <laughs> Oh, that that's kind of sad. Yeah, just um, a bit. <laughs> uh, anyway, do you have? Okay, well, so Caleb said he would only pay. He would play it. He just wouldn't buy it. I mean, if it was unless it was five dollars, right? Yeah, it it would have to okay. be like an insignificant amount of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
here, 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 I'll make you a deal. We'll, we'll turn it into like a renting kind of thing. I'll buy it. I'll send it to you, and then when, or I'll play it. Then I'll send it to you, and then when you're done playing it, you just send it back. <laughs> that seems fair. I mean, I mean, because honestly, we would really wouldn't have to. We wouldn't have to pay any like posters because we could just stick it in an envelope and put a stamp on it. Just, yeah. just mail the disc. So we have our, we have a plan. We have a plan. Um, okay. So that's it for uh, Through the Wall. Caleb, what do you say we move on to our All Bros headliner of the evening? Finally. Yes, let's get into this. Yes! So, for this week's All Bros headliner, we are finally, after over a freaking year, breaking down Marvel Studios' Black Widow. Oh, it's about damn time. This movie was such a treat. It really was. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, but spoilers. Squeak there. Yeah, spoilers very, very much so. Um, but before we get super, super giddy, um, over all of the goodness that is this movie, Caleb, what do you, uh, why don't you tell everybody how we break down movies on this podcast? Hell yeah. Um, hold up. Did you watch Avatar? Damn it. I was hoping you wouldn't remember. (laughs) I almost didn't. Damn it. You son of a bitch. Um, (laughs) You know what the funny thing is, like Emily even like reminded me. She's like, "Come on, Jonathan, you got to start watching it. Come on, you're, Caleb's gonna add another two episodes." And all right, that that brings me up to eight, right? Yeah, you're at eight episodes that you have to watch <laughs> by next week. Oh shit! How many episodes is the first season? Like, I, I'm at this point, I'm gonna have to have the first season done by next week. It's like twenty. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, there's a decent amount. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, what the hell? I'm sorry. Dude, and when is, em- when so is Emily going to send work. me the audio harassing you? Oh, I still got to talk to her about doing that. So I'll, I'll send her a text <laughs> be like, hey, Caleb still wants that audio. So if you if you want to real talk shit on me on the podcast, here's your chance. <laughs> Does she listen? Oh, she, yeah, she listens occasionally. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm sure she, she needs, would definitely she listen needs, to that one. Yeah, she needs to send it in. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll, t- I'll text her after we're done recording. See if she still wants to. Yeah, I don't have a, I don't have a, a new thing to listen to anymore. Oh, thank heavens. I don't think I could take much more abuse. <laughs> well, just, watch the, just watch the episodes and we'll call freaking good. <laughs> okay, you know, fair enough. I mean, yeah, that that is the way to solve it. <laughs> um, but an, enough hate towards Rose. Yeah, getting back to our breakdown. <laughs> uh, if you are new to our breakdown system, uh, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. 
And the eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal grade at the very end. And all of that magic adds up in our little algorithm, gives us a percentage, which gives us a letter grade. Yeah, buddy. Hells yeah. Um, so, without further ado, if you have not seen Black Widow, it is in theaters, or you can rent it on Disney Plus, like I did. Technically, um, it's not renting, considering you do own it, as long as you have Disney Plus. That is so. true. <laughs> yeah. But, no offense to Caleb with the whole premiere access. I'm sorry, you gotta experience this movie on the big screen. Go see it on the biggest screen possible. Honestly, that's, why that's arguable for me. Bitch, After this fight, because I've seen this movie twice, and I saw it the second time in XD, and it was gorgeous. <laughs> Damn. Um, I, so, okay. I'm not sure if we talked about it on the show. Did we talk about it on the show? Like, the plan? I, I don't think we did, actually. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, what... I w- what we were talking about last week is I want to get the movie theater experience, but I don't want to leave my home. Because leaving my home is inconvenient as shit, and I'm lazy. <laughs> I mean, I'm so, lazy too, but I'll go out of my way. <laughs> yeah, I. But am I mean, looking you into... you have a lot more on your plate than me. <laughs> yeah, I am currently looking into purchasing a VR headset to download a virtual movie theater. And I are, I think I have some headphones that would just be like off the hook for it um when braille was working at the uh that rental agency place uh they gave her a like a super nice headset Um, oh hell yeah yeah it just doesn't have like a plug for me to use while we record (laughs) okay so that's why i'm currently not using it but got gotcha yeah but i think i could hook it up to the VR headset and have like some crazy surround sound. Like obviously like through my headphones, whatever you want to call that. I wouldn't say it's surround sound, but whatever. I want to try and pull off the movie theater experience at home that I can do in any room in my house. Yeah, that would be super dope. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> not yeah. going to lie. And I would, like, are you kidding me? Like, I wouldn't even have to, like, if I tried doing this in, like, like, what my original plan was, like, setting up a projector, setting up, like, surround sound, like, I would wake up my daughter. Like. Yes, this is very true. Yeah, with how loud I, like, I would want to watch the movie. And so it's like, oh, I have to, like, be quiet. I have to turn the volume down. Guess what I don't have to do? I don't have to turn my headphones down worth a shit. <laughs> I'm like, and like, I could go to, I could go to Facebook Marketplace, find like a twenty-five dollar, like, uh, recliner, and just like have like the whole movie theater set up, freaking blood, like half the full movie theater experience, and like not even leave the corner of my (laughs) of this room, which is dinky. (laughs) I mean, it's not bad. I mean, I mean, when I slept in there, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, 
So I've been looking online and the VR headset, it's like the Oculus Go or something like that. It's like the portable cheap version of the Oculus headset. I've found those, like some dude was selling one for like a hundred bucks. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. And the only like difference between that and the Oculus Quest is the Oculus Quest has a camera on it so it can track your like head movements. So like if you're okay. like moving like side to side or whatever, or, but uh, I'm I'm still debating on it because it's just like I do want to like feel like I can move my head and do whatever I want without it getting like yeah. weird. Um, but yeah, so I'm like I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it hard, <laughs> and if I could pull that off, I think that's cheap enough for you to do too. No, that that's that's fair. That is a good point. But yeah, and I um, think I could pull off the whole thing. Like I think the the movie theater quote unquote app is like thirty bucks, but you can watch no. anything online. Okay. And then the headset itself is like a hundred bucks, so one hundred and thirty bucks. Like I can't, I couldn't even get a projector for that much. Like not a good one. No. Yeah, no, not even close. So, like VHS quality when it comes to video quality, right there. Yeah. So, um, and honestly, I I don't want a game like I want don't want a VR game. I just want to watch movies, in with that theater theatrical experience. So, yeah, like that's the only thing I would ever use it for. No, that that's fair. Did you um re- sorry really quickly? Did you hear that Netflix is going to try to branch off into video games? What? Yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently they hired someone from uh it was either like Atari or some shit like that. I don't even know. But yeah, they're yeah they're gonna try to branch off into video games. We'll see That's how that weird. goes. Yeah, just just a little bit. Yeah. Um. But, anyway, getting uh, back on track. <laughs> getting back to the the plot of Black Widow. Yeah. Like so if you're said. not so anyway, if you have not seen Black Widow, uh, it is available on Disney Plus. It is available in theaters. Go see it how you choose. Only Rose <laughs> will judge. <laughs> Wait, what? I said only Rose will judge. Yes, I will. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you, if, you, if you don't go see it in theaters, what the hell? Yeah. So what does that mean? Uh, so Rose, start off with All right. her. Start us off with the synopsis. Spoiler alert: past that. this point, if you listen past this point, it's your own damn fault. It really is. Time for reading with Rose. Here we go. All right. In 1995, Russian undercover agents, super soldier Alexei, Sh- I'm gonna butcher the hell out of this last name, Shotokov, and Black Widow Malina Vostokov pose as a normal family in Ohio with their surrogate daughters, Natasha Romanoff and Yelena Belova. When the mission to steal S.H.I.E.L.D. intel is complete, the family escapes to Cuba and rendezvous with their boss, General Drakov, who has Romanoff and Belova taken to the Red Room for training. Years pass, and Shostakov is imprisoned in Russia, while Romanoff defects to S.H.I.E.L.D. after bombing Drakov's Budapest office, apparently killing him and his young daughter, Ant- Antonia, an act that haunts Romanoff. Okay, I just want to add this in, because um, this is this is definitely going to come into one of the uh, 
scores later for me and what really affected it. The opening for this movie, the whole title sequence, was the at least to me the darkest and most powerful Marvel opening sequence I have ever seen. Yeah. So this is actually an an exclusive club of movies with an opening sequence. That is true. It is. Yeah, there's not a lot of Marvel movies with an opening sequence. But, I mean, honestly, I feel it deserved it because I feel it's a very good way to showcase not only how messed up the Red Room is and what happens to these girls, but also showcase how this honestly is happening in the real world human trafficking is not it's not a joke it is a real thing and it's it's so freaking sad um and for marvel to actually showcase it in their own specific way with the red room and not dive so far into that we would almost approach rated r territory um i feel is huge i like they have some like balls for doing that the director as well as kevin feige for signing off on this this title sequence it, it was incredible yeah well i think the the fact is she doesn't have balls <laughs> okay that's true <laughs> okay l- let's just pretend that you know like she she has balls tied on there we go that, that just dude i've never worse, understood that saying like I, i've said it yeah. like oh you don't got the balls to do this or you don't got the balls to do that um i've like even when i say it like i don't like that saying because balls are not like are not tough (laughs) that's true i mean like would you rather say like you don't have the guts or like you got guts kid yeah but then i feel like super old when i say that i'm like (laughs) like it's almost like it's almost to me it's like the equivalent of saying like you got hot (laughs) you got hot kid yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they that's really are that's turning the... into Captain Captain America. Captain America. Yeah, it like that's like the equivalent of being like, yeah, guts. Like, no, it's just yeah, fair. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to say, but like, I just I feel really old if I say like, you got. No, guts. that's a very good point. That is a very good point. So, uh, all right. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, in 2016, um, so for those that don't know, um, I don't know if the plot's going to explain it, but Black Widow takes place between Civil War and Infinity War in that time span. Yep. So, just just heads up for everybody. Uh, so in 2016, Romanoff is a fugitive for violating the Sokovia Accords. She escapes from U.S. Secretary of State Thaddeus Ross and flees to a safe house in Norway supplied by Rick Mason. Meanwhile, Belova kills a rogue former Black Widow, but comes in contact with a synthetic gas that neutralizes the Red Room's chemical mind control agent. Belova sends the antidote to Romanoff, hoping that she will return to help Belova free the other widows. When Romanoff unknowingly drives off with the antidote, she is attacked by Taskmaster, Taskmaster, who is after it. Romanoff manages to escape Taskmaster. Why am I struggling so hard to say this name? Yeah, what the (laughs) hell? To escape Taskmaster and realizes that the antidote came from Belova. The two reunite in Budapest, where Romanoff learns Drakov is alive and the Red Room is still active. 
Shortly after, they are attacked by Black Widows, and Romanoff and Belova evade the Widows and Taskmaster before meeting Mason, who supplies them with a helicopter. Romanoff and Belova break... Shh, I'm just going to say... Uh, uh, oh my gosh, what is his... Um, oh my, what is his first name? Uh, sh, uh, David Harbour's character? Ulysses, is it Ulysses? Alexi. Alexi. Gosh, damn it. Sorry. Romanoff and Belova break Alexei out of prison to learn Drakov's location. He tells them to speak with Vostokov, who lives on a farm outside St. Petersburg, where she developed the chemical mind control process used on the widows. There, Belova reveals that while they were not a real family, she believed they were so. Vostokov admits she sent their location to Drakov, whose agents arrive and take them to the Red Room, an aerial facility. Vostokov and Romanov use face mask technology to switch places before being captured, allowing Vostokov to free Shostakov. Yeah, I'm going against my own thing. I'm just going to say what they tell me to do. Mm -hmm. To free Shostakov and Belova from their restraints. Meanwhile, Romanov confronts Drakov, who sees through her disguise. Romanov learns Taskmaster is Antonia, who suffered damage so severe that Drakov had to put a chip in her head, turning her into the perfect soldier, capable of mimicking the actions of anyone she sees, including several Avengers. Yeah, because I was wondering, like, uh, like, uh, like towards kind of the beginning, uh, you see Taskmaster like watching a uh, uh, a, a clip of uh, Hawkeye fighting Black Panther at the airport, I'm like. It's kind of you know interesting to be watching that, but I, I guess that kind of leads into when actually uses the bow a little a couple scenes later. So I yeah, I think it would have made more sense about like what her abilities were if they had done like just something like maybe they were watching the footage or she was watching the footage right before the fight. Yeah. That okay. That's fair. Yeah, I but, think I mean, that hey, would have personally made sense, but <laughs> no, no, I can agree with that. Um, but she learned from the best archer, so at least there's that. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh, but I'm not wrong. <laughs> nah, I'm um, going to disagree with you. Okay, good. Because I was going to say we might have some fighting words here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh. Shit, where was I? Sorry. Uh, Romanoff attempts to kill Drakov, but fails to harm him due to a pheromone lock installed in every widow. I want your opinion. What did you think of that? I think it kind of came out of nowhere, but I didn't hate it. <laughs> no, I think I mean it works, but like, yeah, when they were explained that, like, oh, no, uh, oh shit, what was her? Uh, what was the mom's name? Uh, was it Marion? Uh, Melina. How she's explaining? Oh yeah, he put it. In, he put it in every single widow, even like old ones like me. I'm like, okay, how how long was he freaking thinking up this? If it's if it was placed in you and not like 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 other widows down the line, but like basically since the beginning, like, damn, he must have had this from the get go. Yeah, right. <laughs> but whatever um, yeah it it's that was one thing that just like i said just kind of came out of nowhere it did like i think it would have been made 
more sense had he maybe injected her with something when she came into the room, like when he thought that it was Molina. Okay, that's fair. Like, so he does the injection, and then she's, like, incapable of of harming him. And then Molina's just like, oh, he's going... And then, like, they could do the whole thing, just change it a little bit, where they could say, like, oh, he's going to inject you with this thing, it's a pheromone blocker, and you won't be able to harm him, blah, 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 blah. And it's something that we developed, and uh, all you have to do is, like, sever this nerve. And then... Yeah. Yeah, like, you could just done that, Instead of it just being like he installed it in everyone, <laughs> no, no, I can definitely agree with that because it's like that technology seemed so similar to what he was using to just mind control them. Yeah, no kidding. So it's just kind of like, okay, have you, like, are you just so like super two... incompetent and can't like utilize this? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just like honestly, like. Eh. You would think that after uh, the, uh, uh, what was it, that, sh- wait, no, never mind. I don't know where I was going that. Well, okay, so you know that, like, red uh, mist? So that, that, that would actually take away the pheromone, right? Yes. Okay, all right. I mean. So that actually, no, that, so that, uh, that artificial mist um it frees the the widows from the mind control so that that's okay. the ones that that was so, the but that's uh, it it doesn't do anything else yeah okay so that's so all it does it just still it, there. it's not no it's not necessarily necessarily it's not the pheromone the pheromone blocker is just something that they put in uh, okay like the he was like chemically uh mind controlling them mm, okay. and so the artificial uh dust was freeing them okay all right that that makes more sense yeah so it was freeing them from that chemical control but i don't think it was freeing them from the the pheromones okay okay that makes sense Um, all right, so Drakov reveals that he controls widows worldwide via his desk console. Romanoff like a intentionally. <laughs> yeah, for real though. Oh, for real though. Yeah, seriously though, he deserves that. Uh, Romanoff intentionally breaks her nose, severing a nerve in her nasal passage to negate the pheromone, and then attacks Drakov. Shodakov battles Taskmaster while Vostokov attempts to take out one of the facility's engines and Belova searches for the other widows who are sent to protect Drakov. Together, Shostakov and Belova lock Antonio, Antonia in a cell. Drakov escapes as the widows attack Romanov, but Belova creates an antidote bomb that releases the widows from the mind control. Romanov gets into the console, uh, into the control desk and copies the locations of the other widows worldwide as the facility begins to explode and fall. Romanov retrieves the two surviving vials of the antidote and frees Taskmaster from the locked cell. Vostokov and Shostakov escape via a plane just as Belova takes out Drakov's helicopter, killing him. Romanov gives Belova a parachute before battling Taskmaster in freefall. 
After landing, Romanoff uses the antidote on Taskmaster, freeing her from servitude. The freed widows arrive as Belova, Vostokov, and Shostakov say goodbye to Romanov. She gives Belova the last antidote vial and the portable drive, telling her to find and free the other still-mind-controlled widows. As they leave with Antonia, Romanov awaits Ross and his men, who have arrived to apprehend her. Two weeks later, Romanov reunites with Mason, who supplies her with a Quinjet. She leaves, intending to free the detained Avengers on the raft. In a post-credits scene... Apparently. That did not look like a Quinjet. It didn't, and also, um, I mean, I I love this part, but, like, doesn't it also, like, take away the ending of Civil War when it's Captain America that shows up? Or it's Steve that shows up at the raft? Or did they just meet up and she was just behind him? That's a good question, because she wasn't in the cells. Yeah. Or at least they didn't show that she was in the cells. Yeah, no, because... But it would make sense. Yeah, because the only ones that were locked up were Barton, Wilson, uh, Lang, and uh, Wanda, right? Yeah. Isn't it just those four? Okay. So... I don't know. Like Marvel, you made a little bit of a boo boo, but we'll not not not, not too know, much kidding. of one. Nah, true. It's mm. like I said. Like I so the only thing, think only thing it. that the only thing there is you don't see Widow with him, so it's like you don't know That's if true. she is or if she isn't with him. So it's just it's kind of up in the air. So I, I, it That's makes true. sense, I guess. Okay. I mean, you could always just say, yeah, she's just behind him, hiding in the shadows. It it, it could work. Yeah. Like, you kind of um, have to use some <laughs> some justification for it, but yeah. I think, yeah. I think it works. Whatever. <laughs> Alright, and then last but not least, in a post credit scene set after Romanoff's death, Belova encounters Contessa, Val- Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine at Romanoff's grave. De Fontaine assigns Clint Barton, the man whom she claims is responsible for Romanoff's, Romanoff's death, as Belova's next target. And what a prelude into Hawkeye that is. Hell yeah. Bruh. That was <laughs> freaking bitching. That was, that was so freaking cool. Um, but, on to the movie at hand. Let's not talk about the future, let's talk about the present. Oh, this movie was so freaking good. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so good. Uh, so we ended up giving the story a 90.5. Hell yes. Rightfully deserved. Um, like I feel many would say, the Black Widow movie is long overdue, and it definitely, definitely delivered. Um, the, uh, I, like, I feel it would have, I feel it was hard to decide where to fit this into the MCU timeline before the events of Avengers Endgame. So I feel fitting it in between Civil War and Infinity War was a perfect insert. Um, because I love that you get to see Natasha go back to her roots. Um, you get to We finally get to see what happened in Budapest. That made me so happy. Finally get to know what Clint and Nat had to go through just to get her out of out of Budapest. It was it was insane but amazing. Why do you keep saying Budapest? Um, 
Because that's how Nat says it. Because remember, <laughs> remember the one guy kept saying Budapest, and she's like, it's Budapest. Oh. I'm trying well, to say it right. Oh. Yeah, wasn't there like this whole thing about how how she said it weird in the Avengers movie? I don't know, because honestly, from what I'm remembering, she says it Budapest. I don't think she said Budapest. I'm pretty sure she, she said Budapest. And then she did. Doesn't yeah, I think she said Budapest. Buda, I think it was just like very subtle, but it sounded okay. like she said Budapest. And then Jeremy Renner is just like, you and I remember Budapest very differently. Yeah. Like almost putting a, an emphasis on the st. I love. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I love. I think it was kind of funny that literally. I mean, which understandable. They said you know they didn't want to bring in any of like the other Avengers and try take away from Black Widow's movie, which is understandable. But I just find it funny that like with the whole Budapest thing, um, Jeremy Renner like literally only came back just to do a voiceover <laughs> for that one scene <laughs> when he's just like, "Okay, are we good to go? Can I press the button to blow up the building?" <laughs> Honestly, I I wouldn't complain. No, I mean, hey, it's a paycheck. So yeah, paycheck's a paycheck. Um, but honestly, like I loved uh, watching her have to go back to her uh, her roots, deal with her um, her adopted family. See, I I felt that they never, or at least in the first couple trailers, they didn't really touch upon that a lot as it being an adopted family. That literally these were two secret agents that, and that these were these two girls that they were assigned to basically protect and raise their own daughters for a couple of years as they infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the way the trailers played it out for me is, is that they actually were like blood related family, which like kind of like took me by surprise. I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of interesting f- to, for Nat to actually have like, to actually like her family, like still actual family still being alive for what I know about the black widow program and all that stuff. Um, but the fact that, yeah, it was like literally an adopted family. Um, just like, well, technically uh, it wasn't even an adopted family. It was, that's true. So this is shit that like Russia used to do a lot. Like this, this exact scenario, they would take, so like they would have like their their muscle they would have their like the brains of the operation and then they would have like a couple kids as like to kind of sell their story a little bit and so they would go and like live these lives go get jobs at these these facilities and then take information from them to use against America so it's shit yeah so like this whole situation so Molina and Alexi were not an item they were just put on this undercover mission together and given two daughters that were also unrelated I I mean after the whole thing I mean did you feel some like sexual tension between those two oh yeah there definitely was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, all right. Just making sure I wasn't the only one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that whole scene, like, that went on a lot longer than I thought it was going to. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but, I mean, I, I 
I enjoyed it. I mean, watching uh, David Harbour uh, basically uh, shooting at uh, shield uh, cars was was kind of entertaining. While on the wing of a plane, mind you. Yeah, no joke. Dude, that was insane. That was so cool. Like, they did so much good things with this story. And our score, the 90 and a half definitely reflects that i think there's oh yeah some i think there was maybe like one area where i'm just like okay this is going on a bit long and i think it might have been the prison scene um, i can def i can definitely agree with that yeah i yeah, think that's them. what ended up going just a tad too long it's just like it felt like it was like 20 minutes of the of the prison i'm just like okay let's move on <laughs> That begs the question, though. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe just Yelena was, like, really in her head. W would you have thought that if someone's firing you at you and you take a rocket launcher to blow them up, would you have thought that you were going to cause an avalanche? I honestly wouldn't have even thought about that. <laughs> Fair enough. I wouldn't have either. I would just felt like a complete badass and just been like, finally. It's like, eat shit. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, that would have been something I'd been like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, after I'd, I'd done it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, after after that, the breakout scene got really, really good. Um, it also kind of slowed down once they got to Molina's. That, can we talk about... And uh, Doug Walker, uh, f uh, the nostalgia critic, pointed this out. This is probably one of the darkest jokes in a Marvel movie because he felt he like he laughed at it, and he's just like, "Was it the pig?" People, yeah, <laughs> he was laughing his ass off, <laughs> and like like the whole theater's like dead silent. He's just like, "Damn, people, it's supposed to be a joke. Calm down." <laughs> I mean, it is sad because, like, it, it, for those that you know haven't seen it, which come on, go see it. But there is a part where you'll, uh, Melina uh, showcasing uh, to the other three what she's been doing with these pigs, and she showcases oh, she, that she can it, actually. So she developed the the mind control. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, that's what it is. So she was basically showing off that no matter what she commands them to do, they have no free will of their own. And so she tells this one pig to freaking stop breathing. <laughs> like hell, the next thing doesn't like, like play out for like 30 seconds. And then Nat is like, finally like, Kate, like, can you like give him his breathing back? Yeah. And I freaking love that. She's just like, he could have survived like another eight seconds. <laughs> Like what the f did I you say? I, I felt so bad. Like I felt bad for like giggling a little bit at that part when she said that. Oh, he could have lasted a couple more seconds. I because I, I felt I, I was my the only off. one that laughed. I do. I was like the only one that laughed. I felt so bad. <laughs> it's like people take a joke. It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. It. Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> dude, and when. What threw me was how long she kept talking for. Like, she turned it off, and then, like, the pig was just choking. And yeah. I'm like, it was like, it felt like 45 seconds, and or like, long. it felt longer than it that, like honestly. It, it felt like it felt a like good, a like, 
yeah, it felt like a really long time. And I'm like, dude, like, did they just completely forget about that pig? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, and then the pig freaking passes the hell out. (laughs) One of the best jokes is when uh, she's like, come here, Alexi. You named a pig after me. What, you don't see the resemblance? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, that. Oh, my gosh, bro. (laughs) Like, I felt so bad for that pig. (laughs) It was so sad. Oh, um, man. I did like, like, further on into the movie, the, like, I loved how we got fooled with stuff. Like, we got tricked that, at least I did, that Melina was actually uh, Natasha. Like, they swapped places. Yeah, that was actually a really good twist right there, because, yeah, I never saw that coming. Yeah, like, dude, when he's, like, when Dreykov started, like, talking to, when, like, to Natasha, and just saying, like, I can look, like, looking into the eyes of someone that you raised, I was just like, who the fuck are you talking, and then when she, when he took the mask off, I was like, (gasps) what, yeah, I, like, my mind was freaking, like, blown. I w- really quickly, I want to talk about because I feel bad for this actor, and I really hope that I mean he was good in the movie, but I'm really hoping he has a better uh, part in a new Marvel movie. Uh, the <laughs> okay, so the whole thing with Taskmaster, everyone was saying, "Oh yeah, you know, it's uh, like it was either um, it is totally Hawkeye behind that mask." Or the other one that people were banking it off of was that oh it's um OT fat uh was it Fag Blenny? Uh is Mason character. It's totally him. Like Marvel's got us fooled. That is totally um just, oh my gosh. Wait, was that the supplier? Yeah. Like everyone I was thought it was him on... too, but then yeah. I like what threw like cause what threw me off was the first attack is when so what Natasha like her generator ran or like took a shit and so she needed to fill it up with gas but she didn't have any so she had to go to the gas station and she pulled out onto this road and then gets bushwhacked by by Taskmaster and so I was thinking at first like oh like straight up it's that that one guy yeah like the the freaking supplier but then I started thinking I'm like why didn't he like if his mission was to collect because I thought it was him up until the the mission objective changed, and he's like grab That's the true. grab the vials, and like once that changed, and I was just like okay, well he he had the vials in his possession. Yeah, that yeah, that's very true. Like so, why now is it suddenly like get the vials? Like that would have made no sense. No, no, not one bit. And so I thought for the long like after that, I was just like no, there's no way. But I mean, I mean, kudos to Marvel before this movie came out that literally everyone was banking on that Mason, the Mason character was Taskmaster. Yeah. Really funny. Dude, I had two. So supposedly I had two things spoiled for me with Black Widow when it was initially supposed to come out. I thought or I, I read that Taskmaster was the love interest of or was it like a, a past love interest of Natasha's? 
And so I'm like, oh. yeah. And then I was, the end credit scene was supposed to be Hawkeye and his kids visiting Natasha's grave. And so that's what I thought the end credit scene was going to be. And I'm so happy that like none of that was true. You, so kind of going off of the whole uh, Clint go, going with his kids to see Nat's grave. I think what you could have done, I don't know if it would have worked just because it would have been back-to-back cemetery scenes, is that the uh, that could have been the post-credit scene. Like, the post-credit scene is him and his kids going to see uh, Nat, Nat at you know her gravestone, and then the end credit scene is when her sister goes to see her, and that's when she gets the assignment to kill Clint Barton. Yeah, I think the back-to-back would have... Would have thrown him off. That's true. I mean, you could have just said like, "Oh, like, uh, like Clint." You could have said, uh, "Like, I don't know, like two months after uh, Endgame," and then her uh, Yelena's was like three months after Endgame or something like that. I don't know. I just I would have loved to see that kind of scene because, um, yeah, I, I know Clint got you know his his. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, he got his goodbye, but I would have really liked to see like footage of him actually going to see her grave. I would have really liked that. But, I mean, maybe we'll get that in the show. You never know. Yeah, I think that'd be really nice to see that in the show. Um, trying to think of any other like story. Um, if I'm, so, this is something I. If I'm not mistaken, I don't know how Black Widow in the MCU became Black Widow, but I'm pretty sure in with her comic origins, they she like takes out all of the other widows. Oh shit. Yeah. Like I think that was like one of the things that like you have to like defeat all the other widows and then you become like the Black Widow. The like, Black I, Widow. Okay. Yeah. Like, I know that, like, with the Red Room, they have a, a bunch of widows, but they don't have, like, they only have one black widow. <laughs> Interesting. So, I think, like, that was something I feel like they pulled straight out of the uh, the comic there, where she was in a fight with all those other widows. That was super cool. Yeah. Don't quote me I... on that origin. I, f- I heard it somewhere. I don't recall where. But I mean, I would. I mean, I would love that if that was the case. Because honestly, I thought uh, Nat was going to be able to take them all. But hot damn, they they had some moves on them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so really quickly, uh, circling back to Taskmaster, did you like that twist? Because I know a lot of people did not. The. What twist? The, that it turns uh, that Taskmaster turns out to be Drakov's daughter. Honestly, with the reveal that he was alive, I assumed his daughter was alive. That's fair. I mean, I just like I really liked it because it made a full circle back to the first Avengers when Loki brings up Drakov's daughter. Yeah. Honestly, okay, I thought that he was talking or saying that she was Dracov's daughter. I thought, yeah, I thought that too. Like, (laughs) Like, I heard someone play back that scene and be like, oh, just in reference to this. I'm like, oh, 
like because when she was saying that she didn't know her her parents' names. Yeah, because like on, I'm like, wait, but they call like, and so like, so I thought that was just something like, oh, Loki knows because he's like the god of mischief and just happens to know yeah, this shit. Yeah. So when he's like Dracov's daughter, I was just I didn't think anything of that until like someone pointed it out and now that that whole line has like a completely different meaning. It does because honestly I f- it's um I think it's the way that it was said in the Avengers cuz he says can you really wipe out that much ledger and then he like pauses and he's like Dracov's daughter. And so you think that he's referring to her as Dracov's daughter, but no, apparently it was just, no, you were responsible for her death. Like, honestly, yeah, I'm the same way as you. I didn't know that was how I was supposed to take the line until someone pointed it out to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just started the doing the MCU watch through again in chronological order. Hell, don't they have that on the uh, on uh, Disney Plus? They do. I just Hell I realized yeah. that today. I was just like, yes. I love that. I think that's so cool. Like, kudos to Disney for doing that. I feel that 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 is awesome. Yeah. The only note, the only complaint I have about it, could you just could you please just give us like a little tab saying, "Hey, watch Spider Man." I do for real though. <laughs> <laughs> watch spider-man homecoming here watch spider-man far from home here yeah but i think yeah this story was so well done it's so God, few issues so and even the scenes i did have issues with made up for it in other areas yeah no no i absolutely agree um i think the gender bent taskmaster was epic it would like honestly like I can understand I guess why people don't like it but I feel it works in this story I wasn't mad at all I mean l- I will admit that I hardly know anything about Taskmaster so I'm not a huge fan of the character so this like gender swap did not affect me at all like if anything this was actually a great introduction to the character because the only uh, other appearance I've seen a Taskmaster was in uh, the Avengers video game, um, and that, I feel that was like barely anything. So yeah. I, I loved this uh, adaptation a lot more than that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in in the comics, he his name is actually Anthony Masters. Okay. Or Antonio Masters, not. Let me see. Okay, Anthony Masters. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah, and so they change it to Antonia or and yeah, Antonia. Yeah, I think yeah, it's Antonia. Yeah, so they change it to that, and I, I I appreciated it. And honestly, I I I did not like the suit, but it grew on me. That's fair. I mean, if if I had one gripe with the uh, suit, it was the helmet. I didn't really like the way that the teeth were placed. Yeah, the teeth were weird. And I, I don't know the whole like part where the one girl like does like the smiling uh, animation. She's just like smile. It's kind of weird. That kind of like came out of nowhere, but whatever. A little bit, right? <laughs> I was like, are you trying to be Joker here? That's what I thought too. <laughs> like, dude, no, I shit you not. 
when that scene came up, I'm just like, like I kind of I whispered to Brielle, I'm like, let's put a smile on that face. Oh, good God, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. But I think all of the like the artistic liberties they took with Taskmaster worked really well. Um, I think yes. we talked about the the fixes that we would have made, as, especially when it came to like mimicking um, combat. Yeah, I think it would have just made a little bit more sense to um, at least maybe like flash, like even d- do something with like the helmet where it's like flashing the. Uh, the hero that she's mimicking, like with the fight between between her and uh, Red Guardian, it would have been kind of cool to see Black Panther kind of flash across her visor. That would have been awesome. That would have been super cool. Yeah, or just at least, at least like a quick little clip of it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree. Yeah, just something, just something like like that, just to show. Yeah. Oh, it's not like an endless wave, but because someone went and pointed out all of the combat that she mimics, and she mimics uh Black Panther for sure, uh Hawkeye, Captain America, Black Panther, even Winter Soldier, she mimics. Oh, yeah, I could definitely see some Winter Soldier in there. Well, you know the fight where um, Winter Soldier does like the the knife flip thing on Steve. Oh yeah, straight up does the exact same thing. She, oh yeah, she does. Okay, that's super cool. I love that. Yeah, but I thought this was like a really good, necessary story. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I think you could have easily been like told a story that no one gave a shit about because it's just like, oh, Nat dies. Like yeah. it's like that's kind of what was my feelings towards the movie, and I feel bad saying that because I was just like, okay, well, we know Nat dies. Like, what's this going to add? Unfortunately, yeah. And then it's like once I I've, I saw it, it was just it like it hit me when I'm like. This is why it needed to be told. Yeah. Like, even Scarlett Johansson said she was so happy that they were able to finally make this movie because th- she felt this was her, like, absolute definite send-off to this character. And I... Can... She, she, oh. she got she got a proper goodbye. Yeah. Honestly, I cannot wait to watch this movie with my... with the playthrough. Or with my next, like my uh, chronological playthrough because I feel like that's just going to make the, the end game scene with her hurt even more. Oh, dude, for real though. Oh, that's <laughs> going to, oh, it's going to sting. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, 90.5 for story. Super well done. Super yes, well done. Uh, minor issues here and there, but nothing too big to complain about. Yes. Uh, moving on over to writing, we are sitting at a 92. Yeah, in a way, the writing is actually stronger than the story, and I never thought I would say that. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's this high because of Yelena. <laughs> oh, yeah. The writing for Florence Pugh's Yelena Belova is one of the strongest <laughs> comedic 
it's one of those like the strongest comedic writing uh writings of a character I've ever seen in Marvel history. Absolutely. Just, like everything minus the serious moments of course, but every joke that comes out of her mouth lands like in spades. I was laughing my ass off. Dude, same. And it was she felt like a little sibling. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like just making fun, like making jokes, like getting offended over shit. Like when uh they're at the the table all talking and I think uh yeah, Natasha was just like, Can everyone just shut up? And she's just like, I I didn't even say anything. That's not fair. <laughs> That was so great. Or, uh, or when she calls her out, like basically says, "Oh, like one of the main Avengers." And she's just like, "What? Oh, I'm yeah. a main Avenger," and she's just like, "No, like one of the big Avengers." Yeah. And she's just like, "What's that mean?" <laughs> Saying like, "Yeah, I don't think the God of Thunder needs to take a an aspirin after a fight." I mean, she's not wrong. I know. She does have a point. And then, like, making fun of her for her freaking pose. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that, like, that actually, like, circles back to when, <laughs> circles um, to when she actually does it towards the end of the movie. But she, like, shrugs off. She's like, oh, that was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she was such a gem. Dude, she was, like, honestly, I don't. I like um I didn't think that they could make this funny but the part when uh they are in the helicopter and uh David Harbour is just like uh or you um Alexi is just like what is it your time of the month and Elena's <laughs> just like I can't have a period dipshit I don't have a uterus <laughs> Dude, that whole conversation was hilarious. Dude, just watch, just like listening to her and Nat like going into like detail of like what the red room did to them, and he's just like, "Okay, you don't have to get so nasty." <laughs> She's like, "Well, I w- okay, well, I was about to go into a talk about fallopian tubes, but never mind." <laughs> Dude, there could be a whole movie just banter between Red Guardian and Yelena, and I would watch every single second of it. Mm-hmm. Can we make that a Disney Plus series? Come Dude, on. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure David Harbour and Florence Pugh would be game for that. Come on. Dude, so... Oh my gosh. She... Yeah. Everything was so well written. Like, yeah. there was so little wasted dialogue. And... Like, um... Ugh. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just... I think my biggest issue with the writing was with Drykov. That is absolutely fair, which kind of sucks because, I mean, we'll get into it with the acting, but the, the actor is such a good actor that I feel like the writing is like a disservice to him because you could have done so much with Drakov. I mean, he's a good yeah. villain. I, I did like the villain. I just wish the yeah. writing he was, was a Bond villain. From. He was, and I, I honestly was okay with that. <laughs> I didn't mind that. I feel he was the most evil actually at the beginning in that in that montage. Yep. Cuz yeah, the, the like just like he had no emotion on his face. He's just like, "Okay, get rid of all the uh ones that you think aren't going to be able to match up to what the red room is expecting of them." And just oh, just so messed up. Yeah. 
So honestly, I think that's the only thing that I docked for. Everyone else was was written fairly well. That's for, I mean, I feel my the scene that stands out the most to me with writing is when they're actually at the dinner table. Um, and, uh, Nat is just like, you know, none of it was real. You two are just, you, you two were never our, you know, you two were never our real parents. It was, it was just all fake. It was, it was, it was just all a, uh, a, uh, what's the word? A, um, not a pose, not a pose. Um, what, anyway, whatever. It was all fake. But then Yelena chimes in and she's just like, yeah, but it was real to me. You were actually my mother. You were actually my father. And you were actually my sister. You were the only family I... Or you were... And I love that she chimes in. The only thing that actually I thought was real throughout my whole life wasn't actually real. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. That breaks your freaking heart. Yeah, it does. That's so sad. Oh. Uh, so yeah, writing is sitting at a 92. Moving on over to acting. Oh. So I did my, like, the top four. I did Natasha, Yelena, Alexi, and Melina. Yep, same here. I were... did add a little bit of Drakov into there. Um, I threw him into extra, but I just gave him, okay, like, a little bit more... Like I think I put him in like his score in twice. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Just to like make up for the average, because I I <laughs> also thought he was really, really good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so we have Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanov, Florence Pugh as Yelena Belova. Ooh, she doesn't have the her name. <laughs> Um. Okay, Rachel Wise as Melina, and then David Harbour as Alexi, and then we used uh, Ray Winstone as Drykov. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, I need to hear your top five. Um. I never thought that I would say this in a Black Widow movie, but I think Florence Pugh actually beat Scarlett Johansson. Oh, my number one. <laughs> I never thought I'd say that. I, did, I, did, I didn't want to be. The, I, yeah, I did not want to be the one that said that, but I absolutely agree. <laughs> okay, so both agree with number one. Uh, number two, of course, was Scarlett Johansson. It was wonderful seeing her finally getting her own movie as black widow um just i'm glad that she was able to get this moment in the spotlight Mm -hmm. absolutely deserved um number three for me was uh actually uh rachel wise all right my number three was david harbour that's fair. I don't know. They're I, they're uh, really close. They are really close. I would I would absolutely agree with that. Um, I feel what kind of um, what's the word? What might have uh upped uh Rachel Wise's performance for me is she has one of the funniest uh jokes in the movie towards the end when uh Nat's just like, all right, everyone's all right, right? And she's like, well, I'm clearly injured, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way that she delivers it is so freaking good. Um, and just, the, the, you know, the way that she plays out how she, you know, she developed uh, the uh, serum that makes the widows be brainwashed. 
Um, just I, I feel she pl she played her character very well. Um, but David Harbour was just as good. I'm with you. It's like neck and neck, but I feel I liked Rachel a little more. Um, but David Harbour, I, mean, I, I feel most would say he's the comic relief, which is okay. I had no problem with that. I think he was great as Red Guardian. Uh, he had some awesome fight scenes. I, he looked badass in his suit. Um, and just, yeah, I re really enjoyed his performance. Yeah. I would have actually really liked to see his suit on his young self. That would have that that would have been cool. Like Not what lie, what yeah. was Red Guardian like in his prime? Yeah, before he got the uh the dad gut. bod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I like that was one thing I, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see. Um also kind of bummed out we didn't get to see him with a shield. Yeah, no cuz didn't like honestly like if you got the Funko Pop or like the action figure didn't it all come with the shield? Uh that's a good question. Let's, because if that's the case, that's some bullshit. I found it funny though that he never like uh, tightened the helmet, just because I feel he knew it was gonna suffocate him. He was gonna suffocate himself if he did. Yeah, the enough. pop figure. The pop figure has a shield. What the shit, Marvel? What the hell? Yeah, freaking lied to again. Okay, well, if Red Guardian does come back, which I, which I hope he does, he better have the shield. I hope he does. Like, I hope that he just, like, he liked the shield enough to get his own. Like, he, if they yeah. do bring him back. David Harbour has actually said that I f he feels the only way that they could bring back Red Guardian is either a, um, going back to where, where he first started, so prequel for Red Guardian, or kind of the same thing with Florence Pugh. He hears about uh, Clint Barton was the uh, cause of Nat Natasha's death. And so he also goes after Clint. Mm. I, f I feel it's more personal if it's just Yelena, because, I don't know, Yelena makes a lot more sense for how much of a bond they formed throughout the whole movie, especially at the end when Nat does finally say, it was real to me too. Yeah. Like, they share such a great sister moment. Yeah. I... Yeah, all all of that stuff was really well done. But yeah, Florence Pugh knocked it out of the park. I actually ended up giving her a perfect score. I think I gave her like a 98, and I don't even know why I only gave her that. I should have given her 100. Oops. Yeah, and then Scarlett Johansson was incredible, but just not as good as Florence Pugh, unfortunately. <laughs> I feel so bad. She got one up to her own movie. I know. <laughs> Dude, what sucked is she almost got one up by David Harbour. <laughs> See, it never got to me with that. Like, it was always going to be Florence Pugh and then Scarlett Johansson. Nothing against David Harbour, but, like, I loved his performance, but just the. You could tell Scarlett Johansson put her all into this one, like she always does. Um, So she was always going to be number second for me. Yeah. Did you say number second? Sorry, number two. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> It's been a uh, long day, okay? <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> um, yeah, everyone did such a good job. And, uh, and that's why acting is sitting at a 91.5.
It is just really? slightly oh, below writing. Just slightly. Yeah. Um, question. How did how did you feel they did on the accents this time around? <sighs> uh Florence Pugh's was incredible. Yes. Uh, obviously that's why I gave her a perfect score. David Harbour's the re- that's actually kind of the reason he dropped below Natasha for me. Uh he his accent was off at times. Like he, when he would switch back and forth, it just felt very odd. Like at the beginning he was switching like he was using an American accent and then suddenly said a word with like a, a Russian accent and I'm like, "Wait, what the hell?" Yeah. No, it was weird because, yeah, I absolutely agree. Because, like, in Cuba, once they arrive, he starts speaking uh, in Russian again. But then when he goes to talk to uh, Natasha and Yelena, he goes back to an English accent. I'm like, the hell? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, his accent was off at times. I think once he got full Russian, it was all right. Uh, Melina's I had issues with. Yeah, the, I I can definitely agree with that Rachel Wise definitely needed to work a little bit on hers. Yeah, it's all it, it like it sounded Russian, but it just, it had like a hint of something else in it. Is Rachel Wise English? I think she is. Okay, if if that's the case, um, I'm I'm then that's what I think I was getting. I was getting hints of English accent in the um, Russian. Have you uh, seen any of the Mummy movies with Brendan Fraser? Yes. So Is that I, her? I, yeah, I totally forgot that she plays uh, Evelyn. Oh shit. Okay. Uh, yeah. So is Rachel Wise British? Let's see. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's an absolute yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. She is a British actress. Okay. Then I think that's what was sneaking through. Yeah. I mean, I mean, kudos to her for like being able to switch from an American accent to a uh, Russian accent, and then after all, switch back to her British accent. I mean, kudos to her. That's impressive. I feel. Yeah, but out of everyone's, I think her, hers I had the biggest issues with. No, I I can definitely agree with that. Um, I was going to dock. Scarlett Johansson for hers too. Like I think I actually did. Um, I docked did she for hers. even try to do a Russian accent? Uh, with the blowing up Drykov, I think she had a little bit, like a hint of. Oh, one. she did. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, but did, it, have it, they? like I oh, like sorry. I said, I think I I barely docked for that one because it was just such a quick scene and we didn't That's get to fair. hear like full dialogue. I think it was just like a really quick. Uh, Have they ever touched upon in the MCU why uh, Natasha doesn't talk with a Russian accent? I'm assuming just because, you know, growing up in America or like being in America for so long that she got so used to talking in an American accent that's kind of just natural to her now. I don't think it was that. I think it is um, wanting to blend in. Okay, that's fair. And then maybe it's just like that's eventually what happened because... I think that was something that someone said uh, she was trying to teach Wanda. And that's why Wanda's accent was like slowly fading. Um, okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah, so. Um, like I said, acting sitting in 91.5. Just barely underneath the writing. Um, next up we got act, our uh, character development. 
which is a little bit lower. It's sitting at an 87.5. Still not bad. Yeah. So I I did Natasha, of oh, course. Yeah, yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, I don't know. There wasn't a whole lot. Like, it was a good arc. I feel it got her from, like, all the progression that she had in through uh, Civil War. And then I think it, we could see how she got to the point at, in Infinity War. But in Infinity War, she was just very, like, very stoic. This This is true. And I think in this movie, she had a little bit of... It was emotion. And so, yes. like, her going, like... I'm not, like, judging that at all. But I'm just saying, like, pointing out that that's something that's a little bit weird to see, like, oh, we expect this, like, highly emotional character or just this this character that's learned something from her yeah. experience from this movie. But we didn't quite get that. So it's just like, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Someone actually pointed out a very good point with this movie when it comes to uh, Nat's character development. In it, they have a lot of uh, where they uh, they uh, what's the word they tell don't show, um, and especially uh, is very clear with uh, Nat defecting to Shield with the whole Budapest thing, um, because we're literally just told, oh, uh, you know, me and uh, Clint Barton set up set up these bombs to destroy Drakov and his daughter. Um, we had to hide up here. Well, she was just trying. A- okay, hold up. <laughs> That sounded awful. Um, no, she was trying to kill Drakov, and his daughter was collateral. That's what it was. Thank you. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Just made Black that. Widow sound like a straight-up murderer. I'm sorry. My bad. Yes, what Caleb said. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to Rose that is trying to make Natasha be a murderer, which she is not. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, she points out when they're up in the uh, air ducts, oh, this, you know, me and Clint stayed up here you know for two you know two days um i i've heard that like a lot of people are just like for these moments it would have added a lot more emotion to the character and showed us more of her arc defecting to shield um if they would have actually showcased all of this that happened showing you know uh what her and clint the all of the troubles that her and clint were going through having to hide uh you know all, all of that stuff and I, I get what they're saying. Um, that is a good point. But I feel that minus if like if if I feel that if they did do that, it might have taken away from Nat's story, which I think it would have. It would because like honestly, you want this to be Natasha's story. It's it's Black Widow the movie, and so you wanted to focus on just Black Widow, um, and. Don't get me wrong. As much as I would have loved to see Jeremy Renner come back and actually have scenes where it's Clint and Nat in Budapest, um, you know, meeting up, forming a friendship, yada yada yada, I actually was happy that they did just a uh, tell not show, um, because like like Caleb said, it would have definitely taken away from her character development because you're not fo- just focusing on Natasha's story. Absolutely. You're, you're you're making it Clint you're making it Nat and Clint's story at that point. Yeah. And I think that would make more sense if it was 
a reflection. Ooh, yeah. Um, but this being like they were hiding in the same place that her and Clint were, that would or that it kind of was a natural um way of explaining what was hap or what happened in the past. Yeah. No, no, I absolutely agree. But it wasn't like she was going through reminiscing about it. Because if she was reminiscing, then I think, yes, you should have done like a flashback to a scene like that. But with this being like, oh, they're just utilizing something that she set up in the past. Then, yeah, I would have. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, 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 dude, I, I absolutely agree. Um, um, But, yeah, so... I'm trying to think of like her her arc because she starts off as as someone that I think is just very distant towards everyone. Like she accepts that the Avengers are her family. Yeah. And that they're kind of going through this whole thing. And so she I think she, she kind of feels like abandoned in some way. Mm hmm. And because she is being hunted down by <laughs> um, General Ross. And so there, yeah. I think there is like those abandonment issues. And she kind of accepts. Yeah, she accepts the Avengers as her family. And then she slowly accepts the her, uh, her Russian family, like, like her fake undercover family. As like her, a legitimate family because they do care about each other, and I think that it shows. Melina does care about Natasha and Yelena. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then same with Alexi. Like he cares about them in his own weird way, <laughs> and I think that that really showed when he uh, remembered Yelena's favorite song, "The American Pie." Oh, that was such a sweet moment between those two. Dude, right? <laughs> oh, so, so sweet. Oh, um, and then, like, Natasha was old enough to to know what the real situation was. And so, like, which shows because she can speak Russian. Yeah. And, and all that. And it it showed because, like, Alexi and Yelena were having like a moment because she had all these feelings from when she was a kid. And then Molina and Natasha were having a moment because they were connecting over like the work and all the, the freaking bad shit. And so like seeing them connect and just like everyone just kind of connecting in their own way. I think the only relationship that didn't really click was natasha with alexi <laughs> that's fair I, I i can definitely agree with that yeah i think they could have used a moment together but not super bummed out yeah. um but the i don't know i think at near at the end it got her to a point of understanding that families are messed up yeah, no, I loved that part because I love how she says, you know, all my life I thought I was all alone, but, you know, it turns out I actually have two families, and now that I've fixed one, I gotta go put the other back together. Yeah. 
So I I really liked it, but it, in the end, it was a very basic arc. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I, okay, like so. Let's say that Natasha didn't die in Avengers Endgame. Is there any other like? In any in between any other Marvel films, you would have liked them to have Black Widow take place. Honestly, no. Yeah, I think they. I, mean, I think they chose a perfect spot. They did. Yeah, I couldn't think of anything better. Between Civil War and Infinity War is a perfect spot for this film. Yeah, I think someone pointed out that this is like kind of the only. Not really the only place that a Black Widow movie could have taken place, but the best part for the movie to take place because the Avengers are separated. She can't call on the Avengers. Yeah. And she's dealing with a secret organization like that no one really knows about. Yeah. And so it's not an Avengers level threat, even though it kind of is because the widows are like worldwide. <laughs> But it's not Avengers level, but it's still like a big enough where there is like some stakes to yeah. the what's going to happen. I mean, kudos to Dracov for choosing to have his uh, facility floating throughout the clouds. Like that—that's genius. Yeah, honestly. Like, dude, I freaking loved Melina's line where she's just like, "Yeah, he's just kind of been over the radar." And I'm like, yeah, are I you shitting me? It's in the sky? Yeah, I know. Alexi's <laughs> delivery, she's just like, we're touching down in one minute. He's just like, and why the hell are we still going up? <laughs> Dude, I freaking, the, total side note, I freaking loved that they shot him so full of trank darts. Yeah, that was freaking hilarious. Like, they shoot him with one, and he's just like, ha, ah, you think that'll stop me? And it just gets, like, unloaded. <laughs> Hell, like, was there, like, ten in the, in his body at the end? Dude, it had to be way more than that, because he looked like a freaking porcupine. <laughs> <laughs> he straight up did. Oh, for real, though. Yeah. Anyway, getting back on track. Um... Yeah, I think her arc was good for this movie. I think this movie was very story-based, and so she doesn't have a whole lot of development. Um, Which but I you can't have too okay much with. in between movies. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. So it makes sense that this, this one suffered a little bit. Yeah. Um, so character development sitting at an 87.5. Moving on over to effects, we're down a little bit. So this is actually the lowest category. Fair enough. Yeah, so we're sitting at an 86.5. Okay. That's... I'll fully admit, there were some uh, scenes like... um, This is the problem about seeing it on a a big screen. You do tend to notice these things a little more. Um, Really? I think I noticed them less on the big screen. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it was such a big close-up. And it's when, um, well, one is when David Harbour is uh, grabbing onto uh, one of the uh, yellow bars and pulling himself up. That looks straight up CGI. That that did not look like David Harbour. Like, yep. I could definitely tell that was not him. Um, and then the other part that really, um, um, what's the word, uh, pointed out to me, I guess, whatever, um, is when the uh, they're first falling out of... Uh, 
Drakov's facility and Nat like grabs onto the bar after she releases Taskmaster, that did not look real. Yeah, there was a lot of those kind of scenes where it was like acrobatic. Like Marvel, come on. Yeah, it's like, come on, Marvel. Like, get better with your CGI. Yeah. I mean, at least it's no Avengers Infinity War Bruce Banner opening the um uh the um Hulk's uh Hulk, wow, the Hulkbuster suit. Hulkbuster suit, thank you. Yeah, that was beyond that was rough. So rough. Yeah. Um Yeah, there it was just there was a lot of those scenes where it just like everyone looked a little bit rubbery. Yes. Or you could just obvious CGI, so yeah, if you go into this movie, just go in expecting that. I don't think it's too distracting. It is if you're looking for it. It's. I mean, honestly, I feel this is definitely like one of the Marvel movies that I notice less when it comes to bad CGI, just because with a Black Widow, Black Widow movie, it's mostly hand-to-hand combat. You don't really need a lot of special effects, which is a good thing in this movie's favor. Yeah. I think movies are so afraid of going on into like a getting a stunt budget because i think the the david harbour like jumping on the the like you could like could you not have done wires apparently not i feel those are so much cheaper than cgi i feel that too but it's just like is it (laughs) (laughs) i'm apparently not i mean you know let's just email marvel just be like hey kevin feige is is cgi really cheaper than using a huh Hey, uh, wire. Yeah, like it's just like with those basic scenes, like I, it was like that that uh the Red Guardian scenes, like what why? Yeah. That was like unnecessary CGI. So it's no, just absolutely yeah, just questioning. <laughs> um, not much else to say on it. It was overall fairly good. Um, I think there's definitely some room for improvement. No, I, I mean, if I'm thinking of like a, uh, and this really isn't like a, uh, a, well, no, I would say this is an effect because I actually like might have been afraid that they would use CGI in this part, but the part where Black Widow and uh, Taskmaster flip up and like face each other on that bridge, that looks so freaking good. I didn't notice any CGI if they did use any for that scene. Like, th- those flips were just so perfect, perfectly aligned. Like, I honestly got, like, freaking goosebumps just watching them, like, stare into each other's eyes. Yeah, that looked really good. Um, well, yeah, it was fairly good. The action uh, stunt work was done amazingly. Yes. So, kudos to everyone that was involved in that. Yeah, you guys did a great job. Um, got anything else to add in effects? Not, not really. I mean, the av- the avalanche looked really good. I mean, for from what we saw of it, <laughs> that I'll, I'll say that looked a little funky. I mean, okay, actually, I got one more that I I I want your opinion. Okay, speaking of that scene, when uh Nat is like hanging on the rope. And like flying around, and then she does like the flip and lands. Did she look at all CGI when she was hanging Very on the rope? Very much so. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I, I feel I'm just gonna probably keep. I'm gonna notice more like right after we finish recording. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, moving on over to music. Uh, we gave it an eight. Okay. I think um, the biggest reason why I loved the soundtrack for this movie, and it's honestly one track, and it's the track that plays over the opening credit. It's, um, what is it, Teenage Spirit something? Oh, it um, smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, but I guess it's like a remix version of it. Yeah, so um, Nirvana does the original. Okay. Um, I'm not sure who um, did this one. I think it might have been... Florence and the Machines. I think you're right, um, but like I didn't think that this song would work for this uh, montage, but it works perfectly. It's utilized so well. Nothing's changed about the song, but it was just so perfectly played over all these clips of what uh, these uh, little girls were put through with the Red Room. Um, just like I. I like I was in freaking awe with this song that like I actually downloaded it after the movie because <laughs> it's it's so good. Um, so I mean like that and then of course like the Avengers theme towards the end. Um, that always makes me smile and you know gets me all you know giddy. Um, but I mean and I guess like the Black Widow theme that they had. But I mean other than that, like there's really like nothing huge. Yeah. When it comes to um, yeah, I think eight's a pretty good home for with the music. No, I agree. The yeah, like you said, the score for Black Widow was was super good, and then like you said, the the uh, smells like Teen Spirit song was haunting. That is the best way to ex- to describe it. Thank you, haunting. <laughs> yes, and everything else like they did so well with the uh, with the music in this so hats off this is definitely like above average so glad we were able to give it an eight um all right next moving on over to costumes so we're we're sitting at a nine for the costumes so the cost these were some bitchin costumes um with Natasha and Yelena, they were both wore the white widow outfits. Uh, Yelena had the vest that uh, that Natasha ends up wearing in Infinity War. And dude, people were so right. They're just like after this movie, like the Natasha's outfit hits different. And I'm like, whatever. And so I, after watching it, it does. <laughs> It does. Like, honestly, I didn't think that the whole, like, joke about the vest would be that funny. Oh, it's freaking hilarious. Just, like, I I love that while they're in the car, Natasha's just like, okay, you know, it actually is cool. And, like, Yelena's like, finally, I get, like, sister approval. You know, like, I know, right? There's so many pockets. You can put so much in there. Like, come on. This thing is badass. (laughs) Dude, I, like, that was one of those scenes that just felt like sibling. Oh, yeah, absolutely, because as much as, like, you fight with your siblings, you still want to get their approval on some things. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, freaking loved it. Um, Quite, So, in your opinion, which Black Widow costume did you like better, the final black one or the white one? I like the final black one. I, I'm at a toss-up. I loved them both. I can't choose. 
Yeah. It's too hard. It was I don't know. It was it was good. <laughs> it was it was close. Like yeah. it, honestly, I like I I feel stupid kind of when I'm when I think about it because Melina wearing like that widow outfit. Like we've seen pictures where widow or where Natasha's wearing that outfit. And so it's like, okay, so they're both wearing it? Okay, like, that's weird. And then, like, didn't even click with me that she was the one that was actually wearing it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm dumb. <laughs> no, I mean, that. I guess that's just Marvel doing a really good job of hiding that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so those costumes were badass. The Taskmaster outfit freaking grew on me. Um really love that and then red guardian's outfit was freaking awful i loved it so dude the whole montage with david harbour trying to get it on freaking hilarious (laughs) i loved it so much dude it was so good yeah so i think nine is a perfect home absolutely agree um anything else you want to say about costumes no, not can't really think of anything else. Yeah. Um I'll just say like they did a really good job at make not over sexualizing Black Widow like they've done in the past with these outfits. Yes. But they still made these outfits sleek. They made them like they looked so freaking good. Yet you could, I I believed her being able to move in the, like, comparing, like, these costumes to, like, Iron Man 2 or even the original Avengers Black Widow costume. Oh, my gosh. You should absolutely tell. Yeah, right? Like, oh, so these are, these will be so much easier to move in. You Mm -hmm. could actually get a kick in with these. Yeah, I felt like a, like a good combat outfit. (laughs) Yes. Oh, absolutely agree. For everyone. The whole addition to on both costumes, the whole like like two sword things or batons on the back, I love that addition. Yeah, and I think everyone like rocked their their outfit. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. So costumes sitting at a nine. Uh, moving on over to our own personal grade. Um, I'll start off. Okay. I. Loved this movie. I went in expecting Captain Marvel, like that quality of of movie, and it came out with like Black Widow and Guardians of the Galaxy, where it was funny but epic at the the exact same time, and it was just a perfect meld and a perfect addition to the MCU story. Like, oh my gosh, like it was just so good. Um, really well put together. I'm so glad that we have this story now. And I think they added so much to not only previous films that Black Widow has been in, but also anything that's going to happen regarding her character in the future. Like they set up so much that they can do with Yelena. They set up red guardian that they can play with and melina like they have all these characters that they can play with now and such such a great addition to 
to the MCU. So I am giving this a 94. Hell yes, I love it. Um, so literally everything Caleb said, of course. Um, but just adding a couple things. Um, so grateful Scarlett Johansson was able to finally get her movie. She absolutely deserved it because she she is Black Widow, and I I just love knowing that she finally got her Black Widow movie. Um, because honestly, this actually tops Black Panther for one of my favorite uh solo. MCU films. I loved this movie. It was so good. It is when it comes to solo movies, it's honestly probably in my top like if not top 3, top 5, absolutely. Um just just everything was so good. Um like I might have some like nitpicks about it, but they're really nothing to um write write home about. Um so like honestly, I'm gonna actually agree with your your score, Caleb. Seventy four, 94, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely agree with that. All right. Well, that averages us out to a ninety four. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So that concludes this week's breakdown, and the final All Bros letter grade for Black Widow is. A B plus. Hell yeah. Yeah, it so freaking good. <laughs> uh, bros, if you haven't checked this out, please go watch it. It's yeah. it's uh, it's so good to have Marvel movies back, and this is one hell of a way to bring them back. Hell yeah. So Black Widow is sitting at a eighty nine point six. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's one of our higher uh, B-plus movies, but not quite at the top yet. Uh, didn't beat Rocketman? Nope, it did not. It is... Damn. It's actually number eight of 34. Okay, so that's not bad. Yeah, so it is sitting at an 89.62, which puts it above, ready or not, at 89.4. Fair. It's above Spider-Man Far From Home at 89.3. Yeah, I'm actually not mad at that. Yeah, it's it's above Black Panther as well at 89.34. Not say, not saying Black Panther is bad. I really enjoy Black Panther, but I'm sorry. When it comes to solo films, I think I enjoyed this movie more. Yeah, I did enjoy this movie more. I, well, I don't it, think I know. We we agree that it it's better. That, that that is true. That that is very true. <laughs> the margins are super close though. Point three percent difference between Black Widow it. and and Black Panther. I'll take it. <laughs> um, and it also puts it above Knives Out, which is sitting at an eighty nine point three one. Wow. Holy shit. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah. Um but it puts it below Better Watch Out at 89.7. Which okay. I mean Okay. Uh puts yeah. it below Defive Bloods 89.8. 
That okay, I can I I can understand that. Yeah, also puts it below Marriage Story at eighty nine point eight or yeah, eight I one. Mean, yeah, I mean Marriage Story is with Scarlett Johansson as well, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, puts it below Elf at eighty nine point eight five. Okay. Um, I'm going to go up two because that, that's the, the next MCU movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dawn of the Planet of the Apes at 89.87. And then finally below the Avengers, which is at an 89.88. Not bad. So the difference Not bad between the difference between the Avengers and Black Widow is 0.2%. Shit. <laughs> yeah, it is just like Damn. It is so close. <laughs> Holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah, like dude, no joke. The the def- the movies above Black Widow, not including Better Watch Out, but The Five Bloods, Marriage Story, Elf, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and Rocket or The Avengers and Rocket Man. The difference is literally less than point one because wow. the five bloods is at eighty nine point eight the Avengers is Damn. at eighty nine point eight eight so it is point is point zero the different yeah the, the difference between the five bloods and the Avengers are is point zero eight holy shit. Wow, damn, that's close. Yeah, it is ridiculously close. <laughs> and Holy like, and shit. same thing with like the movies below, like Spider-Man: Far From Home, Black Panther, and Knives Out. They are marginally equal that's because they're they're all eighty nine point three, and it's like point three one, point three four, and point three five. So they are within 0.05% of each other. So it's like marginally, you could say that Spider-Man Far From Home, Black Panther, and Knives Out are completely equal in our eyes. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. like the, the, <laughs> I think, I'm pretty sure it's our B-plus movies that are the absolute closest to each other. That's so insane, but I love it. <laughs> Yeah, so I think Black Widow is in a, a a very good home. Yes, absolutely. Um, so think that uh, is going to be bring us to our conclusion of this week's episode. If you guys liked what you heard and want to listen to more of our beautiful voices, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are damn near everywhere. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Radio Public, Radio.com, Spotify, and, and much, much more. Um, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube. Um, have you have you checked out like how many views we get on there, like for like certain episodes? It's like, I it's actually have not. <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny. Like I'll see like uh, like some get like five, and then we'll go a week with like some only getting like one or two, and then we'll like jump up to eight views. It's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, if you would like uh, to uh, follow, follow us on social media, 
that would be freaking awesome. Uh, you can direct message us with episode ideas, answer our questions of the week, or if you would like to join us, uh, that is one of the best ways besides email uh, to get in contact with us for that, and we will gladly have anyone on. We mean anyone. We will e- we'll even have your dog and your cat on. Why not? I'm sure they'll have a lot to say about Space Jam A New Legacy. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, going off that social media goodness, uh, if you want to follow us on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash the Albros, Twitter and Instagram at the Albros. And then if you want to email us, it is the Albros channel at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to check out our website, it is tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros. You'll be able to uh, check out, uh, kind of like get to know us a little more. Um, I don't know. The, I, I, I never know what to say about our website. I'm horrible at this. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, our website is under construction. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get it up again. We promise. We'll, we'll fix a couple. Like things. it's still up. It's still up. Yeah, okay, it's just, yeah, true. It hasn't been updated in in a hot yeah. minute. Yeah. So we'll we'll put our heads together and we'll 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 get that updated soon. Yeah. Or eventually. I don't know if I should say soon. Probably eventually. <laughs> I'll try get it try and get it done soon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll try getting it in done it. by next week at least. Okay please i mean any way i can help please let me know <laughs> um uh if you love the episode arts that caleb comes up with for every single episode because i know i sure do i freaking love them even though these companies i'm so tired of dude them pulling them. what the ever living yeah. shit yeah okay so you saw the newest one with disney pulling hawkeye they pulled hawkeye yeah, yeah, they pulled the Kate Bishop uh, Dreamcast one. Son it's of literally bitch. just a freaking purple arrow, and it just says Hawkeye. That is horseshit. How, how is that trademark? <laughs> That's garbage. Dude, I <laughs> yeah, was pissed I off because they just pulled that. Frozen 2. Oh, oh, yeah, they did. But yeah, like a couple days ago, I got an email uh, email notification saying, oh, your design has been removed uh, from Disney uh and you know yada 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 and yeah it was the uh kate bishop hawkeye dreamcast uh yeah because of course freaking assholes (laughs) (laughs) um we gave your movies good ratings at like you bitches (laughs) (laughs) um so unfortunately you can't get that one but there is plenty more that you can get like i said amazing designs caleb does so good at these and just ugh, I'm in awe with every single one that he comes up with, especially the, this one coming up. This one, Black Widow, it's amazing. Um, but anyway, so yeah, if you want to buy any of that stuff, go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Albros channel. Um, and that is, uh, like I said, that is going. That is it for this episode. Uh, next week, uh, we will be breaking down Space Jam: A New Legacy. Uh, starring LeBron James, or should I say it, LeBron James? <laughs> I'm sorry, I had dude. To. I was just about to do that. <laughs> okay, good. So, so you know, great minds think alike here. Um, um, so yeah, so you can look forward to that. Um, which actually, I'm really glad that Caleb finally watched the original Space Jam. So I feel that's definitely going to make breaking down the sequel a lot more more fun next week. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. So um if you guys do want to go see that it is so it's going to be in theaters and it's also going to be on HBO Max just a heads up. 
Um, but until then, uh, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I am Jonathan. Nah, I'm Caleb. And we will see you guys next week. So long. Deuces. So weird hearing it like out of order. Like <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, it's just weird. It's only because you just started pulling your weight. <laughs> at the end damn <laughs> kick a man while he's down that, that was good that was good that was funny and i was impressed myself <laughs> <laughs>